Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, hello. How we doing? Welcome into ACC Tailgate. I'm your host, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilburn Gold. Uh, welcome in uh, right here on Chris Landry Football. And this is new. It's a nice little... Um, Nice little uh, shuffle up to the typical show. Uh, I expect we'll have a lot of new audience members today. Hopefully some of the old. Uh, I know. So so basically what we're doing here today is this is our first show in the little uh, reboot schedule we've got going on for our show. We've typically been Mondays and Fridays uh, at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, for me personally, that schedule started getting, you know, Mondays have always been good for me. But Fridays, honestly, kind of from the beginning, you know, I I just thought, you know, Fridays just the night before game day and ACC football uh, land. So I'm like, yeah, let's just talk the night before the game. Uh, but as it went on, Fridays really as a whole, but especially late in the day on Fridays, started getting a little tricky for me. Um, so, you know, I pulled a few strings and um, we have decided to move our show, ACC Tailgate, uh, from Mondays and Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern time to right now, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern time as we welcome in our uh, first viewers. Hope you all are doing well. But again, uh, if you've never seen me or my show before, I'll give you a quick little uh, rehash about who I am real quick because I don't want to bore our typical listeners. But again, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 11 a.m. Eastern time, you will see this mug and this logo and that logo acc tailgate uh so it's a pleasure to have all our new viewers in hope we continue to bring in some of the old again my name is will dalton aka wilbur and gold that's my typical intro because wilbur and gold is my handle on all my social media i'm on them all instagram twitter tiktok yes tiktok you're gonna see a lot of star wars content on my tiktok just warning um but yeah you know it's really important to me, and this is the biggest thing for me before we get going since we don't have quite as much time today. Got about a half hour, 35 minutes or so. Got a plethora of things I want to get to. Um, it's very important to me, and I'm sure it is to Chris Landry as well on all of his shows here, but I know specifically for me, it's just how I roll. Um, comments and engaging with you guys, specifically live, I mean, period, you know, whether it's, you know, you get me on social media or whatever, but specifically here on the show, live engagement, I love that because it's authentic and I'm already trying to be authentic. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm trying to be authentic as hell around here. So 
I mean, I got store. I got a Star Wars hoodie on. I got a store. I mean, what you see is what you get with me. It just that's just how I roll. Um, but I love comments because I'm trying to really build a community on this show because we all regard, except for the Duke fans, I can't stand you. But um, we're trying to build an ACC community here, and we're all ACC fans. Um, and you know, at, at the core, we just, we love this. We love sports. You know, we love our basketball. We love our football. And so I'm really trying to build this community. Uh, and I want to get to know you guys, you know, I want, I want to engage live on air again. We've had some great engagements, uh, with, uh, our viewers from our Monday, Friday hours. And I hope those guys come in here to our new Tuesday, Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern time hours. Um, so one in particular, Spartan Barton. I got to give a shout out to this guy. Uh, he has been so regular. I mean, almost every show, I can guarantee he's going to be hanging with me in the comments and we get into it. We get into it about stores. We get into it about all types of stuff. Um, obviously, ACC related because that's what we're mainly doing here. Uh, and to that point, you know, while this is an ACC show, um, you know, we're sports fans as well. And as humans, you know, we're multidimensional. So we, we're, we're not going to be just stuck to the ACC. We're not just going to be stuck to college sports. We're not going to be just stuck to ACC football. We are going to talk a lot of ACC basketball on this show. I haven't yet really that much this year, not like football, mainly because I've just been so focused. And I, I think we, I can all speak for all of us on this. We've been, we've been so blessed this year to have good football to watch in the ACC specifically, and again, I hope this is mostly new viewers hearing me say this because I've beaten this horse to death, but in a year, again, with COVID where we've had, we didn't even know if we were going to get sports, especially college because, you know, in, in pro sports, it was a little more organized, you know, because there's, again, they got commissioners, one governing body. This is how we're all doing it. College, it's a little more messy, not so much, you know, you, you got all the commissioners, There, there isn't one governing, and we know this as college fans there's not one governing body to say all right this is how we're all doing it you know there's there's none of that so um we didn't even know what college sports was going to look like if we were going to get it and in that type of setting considering that last year the ACC competition in football was so bad that it was almost putting an asterisk next to Clemson because of the lack of competition to now this year where we had as many as six teams in the top 25 at one point and regularly three, four teams in the top 25 for the most part this year. I mean, what a year we had. So moral of the story is I think we've all been more focused on the football side of things. So it's, we are going to start getting it more into the basketball side of things. Um, but we're also going to venture outside of the ACC, outside of college sports. You know, there's a lot of great NFL stuff. We're going to talk about some of that today. There's a lot of great NBA stuff. Uh, you know, I love the NBA, and so we're going to get into some of that actually today. And then outside of sports also, because at the end of the day, we're humans, and talk about whatever. I mean, whatever whatever we want to talk about here. So that's just how it's going to be. It's how, it's how uh, I wanted to set this up, and um, I'm glad to have all of you in. Um, shout out to our podcast listeners that will listen to this uh, after we post it. Shout out to the people that come and watch on Twitch uh, after this has been record recorded and posted. Uh, really appreciate you guys. So without further ado, um, so we'll start here. 
outside of Clemson this year, you know, there, there were really, for the most part, three teams that really were kind of in competition for the second fiddle, I guess, to Clemson's number one fiddle. I don't know what we're talking about, fiddles. Um, Notre Dame, obviously, they ended up winning that competition. And then you had UNC and you had Miami. You know, Virginia Tech was in the convo at one point. They got out very quickly, which... If you've been watching this show at all, you you know about you know some of the conversations we've had about just what a joke Virginia Tech was this year, and you know we already know that. And you even if you haven't been watching the show, you saw it for yourself, so you know that I ain't got to tell you nothing. Uh, Pitt, you know, was ranked early in the year, and they kind of fell off. And then you know their starting quarterback uh, Pickett came back, and they kind of went back on the upswing again. I actually think they're one of, they're one of my teams to kind of re, uh, not reboot, but just they're one of my sleepers for next year to kind of get back into the fold, so to speak, because Pickett's coming back. Uh, and I just I think they're going to figure out some things. Um, but for the most part, that was your three teams that were the big, you know, names in the ACC behind Clemson, Notre Dame, Miami, UNC. And I guess kind of where I wanted to go with this is what is the st- – so now that, you know, we Notre Dame got their ass kicked a couple of times in big ball games – at the end of the season, UNC went on the uptick and got themselves into the Orange Bowl. Didn't even have three of their best players and hung with Texas A&M for three quarters and then you know lost it in the fourth. And then Miami kind of just sat around the 10 to 12 ranking range for most of the year. And then, you know, they got their ass kicked by UNC at their place. Uh, and then De'Aaron King got hurt at the end of the year. And it just didn't go very well in the end for Miami. However, Derek King's coming back. He announced that because I believe due to COVID reasons, he's gotten a year of eligibility back. So that's good news for Miami. So the question is, you know, all right, we saw kind of what happened with these three teams this year. We saw kind of where they left off. So the ultimate question is where do they pick up next year? You know, who's gone? Who's coming back? Who are they bringing in? What is the coaches thinking about? What are the What is the state of Notre Dame, Carolina, and Miami going into next season? Well, I would say the ranking, before we get into next season, I would say the ranking, for the most part this season, went Notre Dame at two behind Clemson, Miami at the third best behind Notre Dame, and then Carolina, because they, you know, they kind of battled a little bit with some things in the season as well. You know, they started out ridiculously hot, got ranked all the way up to number five. They ended up being a little overrated. I'll admit it, even as a Carolina fan. Um, Fell out of the top 25, figured it out, got back in, and ended up getting to the Orange Bowl and being ranked number seven in the preseason ranking. So they actually leapfrogged Miami for that third spot behind Notre Dame and then Notre Dame behind Clemson. So I would say... So let's just start here. I would say of those three teams, Notre Dame, Miami, uh, and Carolina, I would say going into next season, Carolina, and you know maybe this is my prediction for how I'm going to try and predict how it's going to turn out. Too obviously we're talking about where they pick up next season, but I'm kind of like, all right, well how, let's just do a prediction of how they're going to end up. I think Carolina is going to take take over in those three teams 
And based on certain elements of what Clemson figures out and what Carolina figures out, Carolina's coming for Clemson next year. Yeah, I said that. They're coming. Now, I was kind of surprised that Alabama, because in the preseason, or this is ESPN's way too early rankings, Clemson was number one, Alabama was number two. I was kind of surprised it wasn't the other way around, just based on how, but then again, it is next season, and Alabama's probably losing quite a bit after they were just dominant um, offensively, especially. So, listen, that's another thing, by the way, for our new viewers here. I'm a Carolina. I live in North Carolina. I'm from North Carolina. I live in High Point, North Carolina, uh, literally 20 minutes away from ACC headquarters uh, in Greensboro, uh, where the ACC tournament's going to be here in a couple of months. I'm excited about that. No, I doubt we'll get to go see it because no fans. Maybe we'll see. Uh, maybe the vaccine will fluctuate. I, I don't know how all that's going to work out. But I've lived in ACC country my whole life. By the way, for our new viewers, you know a little bit about me. I've lived in ACC country my whole life. I interned at an ACC sports radio show in Raleigh over the last year until COVID hit, which was kind of weird because my intern, the show ended after 11 years, literally a weekend before COVID hit, which would have made things interesting for the show already. But the show going off the year had nothing to do with COVID. So it was kind of weird how timing's a weird thing in life. But yeah, so I, I did that and. Uh, I was actually at the ACC tournament when the whole COVID thing went down and the ACC shut down. The commissioner comes out, makes his speech. I, I was literally in the tunnel. Get We were getting credentialed as the commissioner comes out, you know, Clemson and Florida State, and then Florida State's essentially just handed uh, the trophy. That It was my first year being a part of the media and being credentialed. I mean, I went to the ACC tournament my entire life growing up, and so to be in the media – the year that it comes back to my hometown of Greensboro was kind of cool. And then, you know, just shit hit the fan, quite frankly. Um, so anyway, where was I even going with that? I did. I lose my train of thought sometimes, uh, you know, kind of a result of being a little bit of improv. That's kind of how I do it sometimes. You know, I'll, I'll be talking about one thing and then I'll take a side alley and we'll be, we'll be going over here. And then I'm like, wait, where are we going? So, um, I genuinely don't know where I was going with that. I don't know. Um, so, so back to Carolina. We'll, we'll, we'll just we'll just go back to Carolina. Um, I think that Carolina is going to make a run at Clemson next year. And let me talk about some of the things that the factors here, and we'll actually get to that in a minute. But let's just say this: I th- we'll go back to the original point. I think of the three teams that we were talking about that were kind of sort of behind Clemson this year. I think Carolina wins that. I think they're going to be the best of those three and really make a run at Clemson and make a run at the college football playoff top four. Um, I mean, they're starting the year at seven. They got the orange bowl this year. They're on the right. I mean, they're on the right track because when you, when you look at, I mean, this is all about Matt Brown and his ability to build a team. I mean, when you look at what Mac Brown was able to do last season, not this season that just in, but last season, with not his recruits, you know, just kind of what I mean, and they were a solid team. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they still had Sam Howell was a freshman. They had Daz Newsom, 
uh, and others. They had Chaz Surratt, who actually had a better year that year than he did this past year. Um, the the amount of juice that Mac Brown was able to squeeze out of that orange that he had his first year at Carolina two years ago was nothing short of incredible because, I mean, they were a very solid team in the ACC, and good God, they lost a lot of close games. I mean, the, I mean, didn't I'm pretty sure they lost. They went five, went in like five games or something like that. That they went overtime and lost by a a, a touchdown or a, or a field goal or a possession of some sort. Like they lost a ridiculous amount of close games. And so, I know I personally felt that if Mac Brown was able to do that. And he doesn't even have his recruits yet, which that's another thing Matt Brown is a complete genius on is recruiting because he's such – he's so personable. I mean, he's, he's just such a nice, genuine – he's kind of got that grandpa feel about him, I guess you could say. I mean, he just – I don't know. He's a very nice, genuine guy, and that no doubt plays a part in recruiting because, I mean, at the end of the day, recruiting is selling. It's selling you. It's selling your program. It's selling everything about it. And he's able to provide them, a.k.a. the recruits, with just so much value and make them just feel so – like he's good at it. I mean, let's just be honest. Good salesmen that aren't scammers are typically very good just people – whether they're being fake or not. It's actually hard to fake it when you're really good at it, by the way, when you're being genuine and just friendly and listen. I would love to have you. I'm great, at, you know, but no, no pressure. It's like you could take it or leave it. That's a good. That's a good place of leverage to be in, and those types of things. It's like, listen, I'd love you to come, but you know, I get it if you if you choose other or you know, just you could take it or leave it. That's a strong position to be in in anything really. So Mac Brown is a genius when it comes to recruiting. So I knew when he was able to get his recruits in there this season that just ended it was going to be something to watch because if they, again, if he was able to do that and squeeze that amount of juice out of the orange that he was dealt last year, again, not a bad team, but you know, ain't no telling what he's going to do when he actually gets his recruits that he brought in. And then we saw what happened. You know, they got all the way up to rank number five was a little overrated. I'll admit that, you know, not overrated to where they shouldn't have been in the top 25 or maybe even ranked all the way up to where they were at like 10 or 12 or whatever it was. Five was a little bit much after they routed Virginia Tech and we saw what Virginia Tech became. But I just really think that Carolina is on a track where Sam Howell's coming back. He's going to be a high – he's already in the conversation as a Heisman front runner. Um which I was kind of, I was predicting that he would be in that conversation this year. He wasn't, you know, maybe not far out of it, but he wasn't. He wasn't one of the contenders for it. He's again. He I'm, he might even be the favorite to win it. I'm not sure. I've seen a lot of those conversations going on on social media. Uh, so you got Sam Howell coming back. You've got UNC's. This is the thing that amazed me. And the things that Carolina fans should be really, really excited about is that UNC's reserves, aka the players that came in, Carolina, you gotta understand this. Carolina didn't have Michael Carter, their best running back and the running back that led the ACC in rushing. They didn't have him. They didn't have Deami Brown, their best receiver and the receiver that led receiving yards 
and touchdowns, I believe, in the ACC. And they didn't have their best defender, Chad Surratt. They hadn't. They didn't have their best three players at each category: defense, receiving, rushing. They had Sam Howell at the quarterback, but that was it. Now, obviously, Daz News. I mean, they they had their guy, but they didn't have their best. They didn't have their best. And the fact that Carolina's reserves were able to come in and hang with Texas A&M, a team that was literally on the bubble of potentially being in the top four of the college football playoff as opposed to Notre Dame, and who knows, maybe they should have gotten in. You know, you know they, they were, it was either Texas, Texas A&M or Florida. Notre Dame ended up getting it. But the point is they were right there on the bubble of being in, that, in those ball games. And Carolina was able to hang. And I don't think a lot of people expected this. Especially once you realize your best players are about your three best players are out. Carolina hung with them for three quarters, ended up losing it in the fourth. But man, that was impressive. And Carolina fans should feel good about that. And the fact that you've got all those guys coming back that had that experience in the Orange Bowl, you've got Sam Howell coming back. And your O-line is back, too. That's a big part of it. The only th- – I mean, so knowing that, knowing that Carolina is only going to be at the bare minimum, they're going to be about as good as they were this year, which was one of the most explosive, if not other than Alabama, maybe the most explosive offense in, in the country, period. So factoring that in, the weakest point of Carolina this year, in my opinion, and I think most would agree – is their defense. Their defense wasn't as good this year. Chad Surratt wasn't as good this year, in my opinion. I mean, he still was solid. I mean, I guess you could say he was good, but he wasn't – they weren't great. Like, Carolina's defense didn't play very well this year. So, if you could even give that offense and what they're bringing in, and Sam Howell, assuming he's going to be even better, and what you already had, assuming that's going to be even better – your O-line come back. If you could just get together even a solid defense, it's a wrap. Like, Carolina is going to be right there with Clemson. Right there. I'm telling you. Like, a team that averaged in Carolina, a team that averaged just over 40 points this year, or about 40 points, I'm telling you, if you give that team just any resemblance of a solid defense, to defend while you're just pounding on points? I mean, Lord. I mean, can you imagine? That? I mean, I'm telling you, the defense is going to be key. I'm, the, the defense is going to be key. Um, and they've got to, you know, and again, their defense this year was very young. So that's a, that's a part, that was a part of it too. Their defense is going to be more experienced next year. And they're also bringing in a defensive end, two linebackers. Like, they're going to... I think that they're going to put at least a solid defense together because I think what the guys that were young this year are going to be a little bit better next year, and then I think the guys you're bringing in are going to help. So I think that you can achieve just having a solid defense and just keep pounding it offensively. Just saying. That that could be very, very interesting. So... Oh, and they're also adding a new receiver, Gavin Blackwell, that's supposedly pretty good. And obviously, we're going to get into more recruiting. You know, now we basically just entered the offseason. I haven't done a lot of recruiting stuff just because we're talking about the games. So we're going to get into more of the recruiting side of it. So uh, so Miami, let's move on from Carolina. I've bloated their goat enough. Miami. 
this one's tricky for me. So they come in in the ESPN's way too early top 25 at number 25, the last team in. They hung around number 10 basically all year. Now Miami, that whole conversation that went on, you know, kind of as the season was coming down the stretch a little bit, that whole conversation about Miami's underrated and under-talked about, that frustrated me because they weren't underrated and under-talked about. In fact, I think they were rated properly. I don't think that they were overrated, maybe a little. I don't think, but for the most part, I think they were rated properly. They didn't play, like, I just, I didn't see it. I didn't see where they were. I thought they were right where they should be. That's what I felt. And then, you know, when Carolina went out there and put up 62 on them and completely destroyed Miami on their home turf down there in Florida, that conversation got real quiet. And, that, and, and you know, it was a nice little show after that of me saying, told you, told you they weren't, I mean, they were right where they should have been. And, you know, the thing that Miami, listen, De'Aaron King's a stud, and it's great for Miami that he's coming back. He is the he is the engine that's going to make this work. If you don't have De'Aaron King, you're not a top 25 team, period. He is like Miami is returning, I believe. I believe they're returning a good amount of their offense. I think I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Don't don't quote me on that. I just think that if De'Aaron King he and it's assumed based on reports. That Derek King, after his injury, should be at ready to go. I believe their opener is September 22nd. I forget who it's against. Um, doesn't matter right now. September 22nd. It's all about the timeline more than anything else. Uh, if he's, he's assumed that he should be ready to go. But if he isn't, Miami's not going to be in the top 25 very long until he gets back. And then we'll, we'll just see how that works out. But, again, Derek King is, what, is the engine that's going to make this go. I worry... The thing that Miami has been known for, defense, you know, the turnover chain, that didn't really apply this year. That that and that was my whole issue with with Miami this year was I didn't think their defense was very good. I just didn't. I thought De'Aaron King was the reason that they hung where they did in the rankings all year, um, and I didn't think they had a very good defense. So they're going to have to fix that. Now they're adding some defensive players from what I've seen. So. I would just put a question mark next to Miami right now. I don't know. It depends on De'Aaron King mainly. And then after that, I think it depends on how's the defense going to look. Because if they can get their defense right, I think De'Aaron King can can carry them. And I think they can hang around in the top 25 and probably get a decent bowl game. But, again, it depends on De'Aaron King. It depends on where the defense is going to be. That's it, period, end of story for Miami. So just put a question mark next to Miami right now. Um, and then – Last, but, you know, not least, Notre Dame comes into the preseason at 15 in that way too early ranking, uh, having got their ass kicked twice, you know, in big ball games after uh, Coach Kelly, you know, went on a radio show and said that they had nothing to prove. Okay. Um, Yeah, you kind of did, and, you know, Again, our previous listeners are going to have already heard me harp on this a couple of times, but it's like, and we did this on the show. We looked at, we went all the way back to 2015 
the record, the bowl game they got, who they played, what happened. And Notre Dame, this is the best way I can describe it. And our NBA, uh, our NBA fans will understand this. Since 2015, maybe longer than that, we just look back to 2015 just because that was all the time I had. Um, Notre Dame has been the Milwaukee Bucks. You get that, NBA fans? They've been the Milwaukee Bucks. They've been in a very good, for the most part, they had like one season where they didn't do very well, didn't make a bowl game. Maybe another season where they didn't end up making a bowl game, but only only one of those two bad, not as good seasons was like a bad season. The other one that was just kind of okay and they didn't make a bowl game, I don't think. Uh, but for the most part, they've been a very good regular season team. few of those seasons were like almost undefeated. Uh, this year they were, obviously until the playoffs, ACC title game, and then the college football semi. So they've been the, they've been the Milwaukee Bucks, a.k.a. a very good regular season team with a you know potential MVP or, in this case, Heisman contender and Ian Book, even though he wasn't one of the finalists. I always felt that Ian Book wasn't far removed from that conversation, just like Sam Howell wasn't far removed from that conversation, you know a la your Giannis Antetokounmpo if you're talking you know since we're talking about the Milwaukee Bucks and then when you get into the playoffs aka when it matters ultimately if you know that's what you're doing here and you know I would assume it's what we're doing here we're trying to win it all or at least win something meaningful at least an ACC title um when you look back to 2015 and all these good regular seasons you know, they've won some bowl games, but they were no-name bowl games that nobody wanted to watch against Panera Bread or Starbucks or McAllister's Deli, a.k.a. teams that weren't ranked or very, you know, anything special. But when you got against teams like LSU, Ohio State that were ranked in pretty decent bowl games, you lost, and you lost pretty convincingly. This year was no different. You got your ass kicked to Clemson in the ACC title game, and you got your ass handed to you by Bama. And by the way, this isn't me razzing Notre Dame. I want, because of the story and because how everybody was kind of underplaying what Notre Dame could potentially do, I wanted to see Notre Dame do it all. I wanted to see him beat Alabama. I wanted to see him go up against Clemson again in the title game, which that wouldn't have happened anyway because they, they they lost to Ohio State. But I wanted to see that rematch, and I wanted to see Notre Dame get the last laugh. They didn't even get the first laugh. They didn't even get a go- that they they didn't even get a chuckle going. Um, so yeah, the fact that Notre Dame had nothing to prove. Come on now. Come on now. You yeah you do. You got to prove, unless you just don't want to, which I doubt that's the case. You got to prove that you're more than a regular season team, and up to this point, you haven't. So, uh, as far now that I got that rant out of the way, as far as where Notre Dame picks up next year, um, quarterback's going to be the question because Ian Book's gone. They've got a transfer coming in from Wisconsin. They've got whoever was Ian Book's backup this year. Don't remember his name. We'll get into that at a later time, but for the principle here of where does Notre Dame pick up and what's the biggest questions, to me, that's quarterback, period. Um, you know, they're going to have offensive pieces to work with that are coming back from last year. You know, some some tailback. I mean, they're going to they're gonna have stuff to work with offensively, some pretty nice pieces. Uh, they're going to have to rebuild their defensive line. 
they're losing a lot there from what I can see, and they're going to have to be better on their secondary. Um, that's going to have to be better. So at the end of the day, it, much like Miami, but the defensive part, I think, maybe to a lesser degree. Yeah. For Notre Dame, I think the defensive part's to a lesser degree than Miami just because Miami's really got to figure something out defensively. I think the biggest question for Notre Dame is how, how does the quarterback situation end up working out after Ian Book? I think you're going to have pieces to work with offensively, but can you know what's the quarterback situation going to look like? And are you going to be able to rebuild the defensive line? And are you going to be able to figure something out to be better on the secondary? Uh, that's the question for Notre Dame. And so the ultimate question in all of this before we uh, – probably wrap it up because I don't want to cut it too close for our next show at noon. Um, I think the ultimate question here is how close can any of these teams, hopefully Carolina for my sake, cause I'm a fan. Uh, how close can they get to Clemson? Who is not just number one in the ACC, but number one in the whole damn thing. How close can they get? Um, cause Clemson's got some questions too, by the way, don't forget that now. Unlike Miami and Notre Dame, ain't a question at quarterback. I'm going to get better at saying this guy's name. I've butchered it up to this point. So Clemson fans and people who like to be buttoned up and politically correct about pronouncing things, um, I apologize. I've been calling him DJ Ugalele. Um I know that's wrong. I know that's not correct. Um, but it was the first thing I called him, and you know, instead of ukulele i called him ukulele and it rolled off my tongue and it worked and you know i didn't have to talk about him that much because trevor lawrence came back but moving forward i'm gonna have to be talking about dj young i think i think i got the young part right it's the lele i don't know young we'll, we'll just start there and go from there uh ain't no questions about him unless he gives us reason otherwise at a later time to have questions but up to this point ain't no questions about that guy Clemson's good at quarterback. No questions. I mean, what he was able to do against a pretty good, and again, if you're new here, another one of my hot takes I've got, it ain't that hot in my opinion, but you might think it is. Boston College is going to be in the top 25 at some point this year. Promise. See that? That podcast listeners can't see it, but that's my stake in the ground. And I already put it there. I'm just redoing this for dramatic effect because I put this there months ago. Boston College is going to be in the top 25 at some point next year. And I and I think they're going to hang around there for a little while. That team is is coming around. And you probably saw, and you know, we were talking about Clemson. The point was being is, you know, Clemson, you know, Boston College gave him a fight. That was DJ Youngalele's uh, first start for Clemson. And he looked pretty good. And then obviously the notable one was against at Notre Dame, uh, you know, in that, double overtime i think it was double overtime uh showdown with notre dame notre dame ended up winning it but i mean dj young lately put up 400 some yards a couple of touchdowns and set record numbers i don't remember if it was for yardage touchdown passes or both uh for opponents at notre dame he put he set a record uh so ain't no questions about quarterback the questions for clemson is defensively because their secondary got exposed against Ohio State. Justin Fields just picked that thing apart. Not very easily, I might add. You've got to figure out something on the secondary. 
and you've got to figure out something in the trenches, both sides, O-line and D-line, because that probably more so the defensive line, but mm, I don't know, probably both. But because you got to not only was the secondary exposed against Ohio State, but Clemson lost that game in the trenches too. Spartan Barton, my guy. We got him in here. How we doing? For those of you that don't know, I mentioned him earlier. This dude's been great in the comments. Uh, I'm glad you found us. We're doing this from on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 11 a.m. now, buddy. So glad you found us. So, um, But yeah, the question ultimately, as we wrap this up, Clemson's got to figure out something defensively, secondary and in the trenches. And that will be the question that will determine, and in my opinion, it's going to be Carolina. Uh, the que- That's going to be the question. Can Clemson figure it out defensively? Because let's just assume of Carolina, Miami, uh, and Notre Dame, let's just assume Carolina is the team that steps forward into that new role as the number two to Clemson's number one in the ACC and maybe beyond. Um, Carolina's offense, because you got to remember this as well. Carolina didn't get a crack at Clemson this year. You know, the, the divisional thing, you know, the divisions in the AC, that never happened. Um, that never happened. So Clemson didn't get a shot at Carolina and vice versa just because of scheduling or else they would have, cause they're usually in the same division. Um, and also remember, it's another factor as well to this argument. Don't forget that the year prior, Matt Brown's first year, Sam Howell's freshman year, where Carolina was just trying to squeeze everything they could out of that orange before Matt Brown's recruits got there, Carolina damn near upset Clemson at Chapel Hill. Don't forget that. Now, Clemson ended up pulling away, but most of that game belonged to Carolina. Don't forget that. So now, two years later, with Carolina being a real force nationally, if you can't figure something out defensively, if you're Clemson and Carolina at the bare minimum just does what they already did this year, but God forbid if they build on that. Now, depending on what Carolina does defensively, it could be a shootout. But the point is, Sam Howell and that Carolina offense is going to pick you apart if you're Clemson. If you don't figure something out on the secondary and if you don't figure something out in the trenches. And like Spartan Barton says here, the secondary and the trenches work hand in hand. And that's exactly correct. So they got to figure out both. Notre Dame's got to figure out both. But Carolina's going to be a problem for you if you're Clemson and you don't figure that out. Because that offense is coming. We didn't get you this year. We're coming next year. And that will be the ultimate question. Because if Clemson can't figure that out and Carolina gets a little defense going, and builds on the offense. They might be coming for the crown. And I don't just mean in the ACC. I'll just leave it at that. So, uh, we got to wrap up here. Because unlike before when I was doing this Mondays and Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Now I've got a show coming up right after me at high noon. Uh, so I got to get my ass out of here and quit the chirping so real quick i want to get a few comments in here they're all going to be spartan bartons because he's got quite a few here um he says he loves the new time 
So do I actually. That was another uh, thing that I actually didn't like as much about the 7 p.m. time was, you know, I would be out running errands or getting stuff done. It was like, I got to go back and get the show done as opposed to getting it done early in the day and then going on so I didn't have to come back to the house. So this this time works better for me too because, you know, I'm very momentum driven. You know, I get the, get the wheels rolling and it's like, I got to go back to the house and get the show done. So I love this new time because I get this done prime time in the middle of the day. I actually think this is going to be better for the viewers too because we've got a show before us. Chris Landry's podcast is before us. We've got a show after us. So I think there might be more audience flow at this time of the day too. Um, so I do like that too, my guy. Um, let's see here. It's going to be an exciting ACC championship this year. Clemson, UNC. God, I hope so. I really do. Um, it's going to be an exciting season period. Um, I think it's only going to build on this year. I think you're going to have new, uh, new, uh, players in the mix. And by players, I mean teams, you know, players for the ultimate ACC, um, showdown i i think i think boston college is actually going to be in the mix i think pitt's going to be back i hope louisville's going to be back because they had a down year after a year where i thought they were going to be pretty nice um i don't know about nc state i don't know what they're returning and what they're bringing in because you know nc state along with boston college was one of the surprises of the year unfortunately for me because i'm a carolina fan and we love razzing them about everything except for women's basketball which we can't um so i don't know I, it's going to be very exciting, though, the, the moral of the story. And then how do I think UNC rebuilds losing uh, their top two running backs? I don't know. Um, I think – I'm not 100% sure on that. I, I'll get back to you on that. Uh, I know receiver-wise, I know they're bringing in some guys. I think they're, you know, they're returning some guys as well. Um, not 100% sure. I, I think – I think Carolina is returning some some good running backs as well because obviously the running back that was the big part of their offensive explosion this year was the running game so that'll be interesting you got a good point there I'll actually get back to you on that one uh, for Tuesday's show so um, and final point Spartan Barton makes a good point here he says Boston College Pitt basically what I already said um, mainly here I wanted to get to FSU I do think FSU could be a legit sleeper. This coming year. I don't know why, but in my gut, I just have that feeling, you know, I I just have that feeling FSU could maybe do something like what Boston College did this year and start to make a little noise. I don't know how and what they're bringing in. Again, we're going to get more into recruiting as we go, but that's just my gut feeling. I think FSU might make a little racket too. So on that note, appreciate you guys for tuning in. I appreciate Spartan Barton. Great comments. I want to get more of you in the comments as well. Um. And yeah, mainly just really appreciate you guys tuning in. This was a fun show. I enjoyed it. I love the new time. Uh, I don't know. I just I just like it better. I, it, I don't know. I just I like it. I like having a show before and after, and you know, a, you know, potential audience interact. I just I like it. I love this new time. Um, and this was a fun show today. So uh, again, Tuesdays, Thursdays, eleven a.m. Eastern time. Uh, we'll be here and we'll we'll do the damn thing. So until next time, uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, tuning in right here on Chris Landry Football. And again, we've got all types of stuff for you. This is just the ACC. You know, we've got all Power Five conference conferences covered. We got the NFL, we got fantasy. So, whatever you want, we got it here uh, on Chris Landry Football. Chris Landry really has 
done a great job getting this thing going and it's only going to continue to grow from here. So until next time, my name is Will Dalton, AKA Wilburn Gold. You can get me on all social media. I'd love to interact and get to know all of you. And until next time, hope you have a great rest of your day. We'll see you next time right here on ACC tailgate. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.